Greetings program, hello and welcome to Tronologically Speaking, a movie by Minute podcast talking about Disney's 1982 movie Tron. This is Minute 27. I'm your host, Duncan Shields, and with me today is my high-resolution, real-time rendering, biological intelligence returning champion guest co-host, Tyler Nickel. Welcome, Tyler. Greetings, programs. I am known to buffer on occasion, but I am streaming in real time, (laughs) so that's always fun. Duncan's back, now with 20% less lag. (laughs) All right. Yeah, well, if you want to do the premium upgrade, you can get me an HD to at least four screens. That's right. So. Halfway, <laughs> halfway through every conversation with me, it's like, have you tried Doritos? They're fantastic. If you would like less commercials, <laughs> please upgrade to Premium Duncan. Yeah, because every so often in the conversation, I just shout at someone, are you still there? Do you want to keep going? <laughs> so. Oh, man, that's funny. All right. So, what happens in this minute? Dillinger has a final hollow word for the MCP, and Flynn, Dr. Laura Baines, and Alan continue their quote-unquote break-in through possibly the worst security in the world for such a facility as this. So, Dillinger says, you wouldn't dare to the MCP, which is, to the best of my knowledge, has never stopped a single bad guy in any single film that's ever been produced. Like... It's, like I actually Google a, a, a "you wouldn't dare" supercut, but I didn't. I didn't find one. But I thought there should be one out there. It's got to be out there. It's up there in terms of like stage drama. He might as well have put the back of his hand to his forehead. It's just like, oh my, oh, oh my, you wouldn't dare. <laughs> it's also right up where with uh, you don't have the guts to pull that trigger. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. One of my my favorite memes in the history of the internet is a screen cap of a news program. And the quote, it's a quote from man who was stabbed. And the quote is, what are you going to do? Stab me? Yeah. yeah the, and it's just, it's a whole scene in two sentences. It's perfection. That that happened last time I was in New York. They, they, the, the person I was talking to you said that there was a woman that was shot and killed there during a mugging because she said that exact same thing. He pulled out a gun and she was like, <laughs> what are you going to do? Shoot me? And then he, and then he did. Oh my. Yes. The answer, she didn't get to hear the answer, but yes. As it turns the answer out. is, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, and also, like, just in terms, again, we we've been finding Tron's very good at using language. Yeah, like it's it's their their screenwriters on this were very tight yeah. on it, but like the difference between you wouldn't dare and how dare you is so much of like a power dynamic on that. Like, yeah, it's you wouldn't dare is is so weaselly. It's so like just like no please, oh, please, <laughs> like, oh don't, no don't. Yeah, be, it, it, no. <laughs> <laughs> Who taught you to be so dastardly and underheaded? Oh, oh, right. Um, oh, right. Right. I, I played you those endless videos of Dirk <laughs> Dastardly on Wacky I showed races. you the worst parts of the internet. <laughs> oh, man. Like, if MCP was loose now, the absolute horror show that could be well, released. Well, I mean, their there's that, too. I mean, it's like in... Uh, and then the fifth element, when Lilu Dallas is, gets to W in the dictionary and looks at war, and uh, her face is filled with facts of about war and how horrible humanity is, and she starts crying. Like, 
I can't like I don't know if I would wish the internet on a benevolent newborn AI, you know? Yeah. To be fair, she did breeze right by genocide and holocaust, <laughs> though. So she seemed fine up to that. It, it is weird that she made it all the way to W before being horrified. The, the by problem with that upload was that it was alphabetical and not just like, hey, now we're gonna talk about atrocities of man. Maybe she started as Z. Maybe she started as Z. Maybe, yeah, we don't know. We don't, we don't know what system. Yeah. Um but yeah, but there's definitely on that and like yeah, that's uh well, I think like legacy almost confirms that like since Tron everything from this system has been a closed system. Yeah. So they're still so. in a closed system. So they never got access to the internet. So they, and if they think if they ever did another Tron it's the elephant in the room as far as I'm concerned. Like they can't ignore the fact that the internet is out there, that that would be a very amazing place for everybody to go, but then how would you represent that cyberspace? Oh, well, I've got an idea. See, what you do is there would be this uh, this character, like a protector or a guardian, okay. if you will, and he would come down to a uh -huh. system, uh, and they would play games. Users would input games for play. Oh, I see. And see this guy. I just made Reboot. I just made the show. <laughs> oh, 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 there it is. Yes, yes. Yeah, the show Reboot. <laughs> Didn't I... Didn't a reboot actually had a Tron episode, I think, didn't they? They did everything. They had an Evil Dead episode. Right. They had to have hit. They had a Mad Max episode. They definitely at one point. I um, and this is true for like two months. I was in charge of the brand recognition for reboot. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, it was, it was a weird gig I got, but it was after the art book came out, and they were looking at maybe doing a second art book, and I was in charge of like scanning every document they had and photographing every toy that was in their archive it was a really fun gig oh that sounds like a fun gig wow that must have been extensive too they had a lot of stuff going on then oh yeah no like some of the original sketches for their stuff was very astounding oh. and then all of it was just in if you've ever been to vancouver uh you will recognize 800 more references that are in yeah because every part of it's it, just though. they tried to reboot that recently right like well ironically oh they did it went two seasons and it was not very good right uh and my suggestion is to just pretend it did not. Yeah. It seems like it's... This reminded me of a conversation where I was like, they should reboot Knight Rider. And somebody was like, uh, Duncan, they did. I was like, what? Yeah. Like, yeah, like three years ago they tried and uh, just don't even bother. And I was like, oh, that's too bad. That sounded like a great idea, you know? It was stolen from my car, but I did have a uh, official kit-voiced GPS system at one Ah, oh, no, wait. An, an official one? An official one. They made an official one. It had the little red light scanning at the bottom, and it could say your name. So would it? Uh, did it have? Because uh, that's actor has passed on, right? Yeah, it had him. Yeah, but he he at the time had recorded it. Oh, so. fantastic! Gosh, that's wonderful. I'd love to have that in my in my vehicle. Yeah, but now we can move on to the worst security yeah. in the world. Yes, so very much so. Yes. Hey, let's talk about Tron. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, Seven minutes in. So this is a good. Uh, this is a good. This is going to take us on another bit of a an amble, a sideline, if you will. Security guard ambles on through Encom to Wendy Carlos's continuing sweet break-in music, and I'm pretty sure that the guard is played by Tony Brubaker, who is actually a very prolific stunt performer. He's credited mm -hmm. as security guard number six in the IMDb page. But from what I can tell from the pictures that I found on the internet of his other work, this is Tony Brubaker. Now, this guy's got 217 credits on IMDb. Wow. And his, la and his last credit is from The Lone Ranger. But, but he has done so much work. And because and there's a lot of people in this movie that have only done Tron. 
or they've done mm. Tron and one other thing. But there's a couple of people, like the stunt guys specifically, that play the security guards like inside the mainframe that have been in tons of stuff. Now, this guy, he was Danny Glover's stunt double ever since the first Lethal Weapon in 1987. Well, He and Lauren James both talk about their careers in the Turner Classic Movies documentary Behind the Action Stuntmen in Movies. He grew up around horses and got to start doing stunts for Otis Young in 1969 in the Western series The Outcasts for ABC. He did a high jump on the Henry Fonda film There Was a Crooked Man where he had to run across the top of a building, dive 16 feet, tackle somebody, and then fall off the building. He's got strong legs, and he's a good jumper, so he got the job for that one. Uh, He doubled Michael Clark Duncan in The Scorpion King. He broke a leg during Rollerball. (laughs) And, you know, while he he was in too many movies to list here, I just want to say that in in 1982 alone... He was in Magnum P.I., Conan the Barbarian, The Sword and the Sorcerer, Rocky Three, At Houston, 48 Hours, and Knight Rider, as well as Tron. He's been on like all the big movie sets, Dune, Space Hunter, Streets of Fire, Ghostbusters, Commando, on and on and on. If you go to his IMDb page, it's just ridiculous. This guy's been in tons of stuff. And so here he is, walking past uh, our, our three intrepid heroes. But... He, he talks a lot about wanting to remain anonymous. And that made me think a lot about that, that maybe being an occupational hazard of stunt work in general. Because once, because you're invisible on screen, so maybe you want to be invisible off the screen. You know? Mm-hmm. And I think of the recent tragedies in the Resident Evil set when that stunt woman got her arm ripped off and her face... Well, face yeah. Her face... T- I, I, I learned a new verb in mm-hmm. the face of that accident. Because her face got degloved. Yeah, I know. I know degloving, and I've seen degloving. Oh my god! And it is one of the most horrifying things a human body. I was can like, do. "What?" Did, I'm sorry, degloved, because <clears throat> that sounds like yeah, yeah. That's what it is. I'm like, oh no. no. <clears throat> and then uh, in construction, it's very common to happen because uh, of wedding rings. Sure. Um, your wedding ring will get caught on something, and it'll deglove your god. finger. And it is that's the one I saw, and it was goddamn horrifying. Woo. No kidding. And that's why I'm not married. <laughs> yeah, uh, see, <laughs> I don't even do construction. It's just uh... <laughs> Well, that's why you get yourself a wedding band tattoo in that case, I think, if you're uh, if you're mm-hmm. into construction. Uh and then oh yeah, there was a motorcycle stunt woman who died on the Deadpool uh, Deadpool 2 set yeah. there. Both of them needlessly, and I think the lack of Oscar recognition for stunts. I just I think it's criminal that they don't get the recognition that they deserve when they build well, half of the beauty of action movies you know or more it's it's genuine insanity when like every other part of the film like how many different sound editing stuff and like sound editing is important but they'll be like sound editing music editing overall like it's like there's like eight different categories in that and it's like you're not going to give one to the person who like almost died to accomplish the dream of your Uh, yeah the risk that they faced but i think that's the thing it's like it's because it's their job is to remain invisible that Mm -hmm. they have a really hard time shouting for recognition like they can shout for like safer sets but i don't know how many of them are trying to get an oscar an oscar started you know like an oscar category started like i've seen a lot of people say on their behalf that there should be an Oscar category, but I don't know how many actual stunt people are campaigning for it. So if anybody out there knows, 
definitely let us know because I would be happy to hear that there's a group out there trying to make it happen. I think it'll be a great day in Hollywood when they start giving out stunts, Oscars I mean, for they're, stunts. They're literally sacrificing their bodies for entertainment. Literally, like, like this guy, like this guy, and other guys that talk about turning fifty-four and and or like when like Brendan Fraser, right? Yep. Like people yep. talk like, what happened to Brendan Fraser? Where has he gone? He was in the middle of a divorce, and I think he got he got raked over the coals in the settlement of the divorce. And he's got he was actually assault he got sexually assaulted by one of the producers, and that really freaked him out and turned him off of making movies. But he also really just messed up his body, like doing the mummy movies. Like he yep. wasn't even doing the stunts, but they were very very physical, and he really messed up his body just just his back and his joints just running all the running and all the running and jumping and all that stuff all the low level stunts that he was expected to do that he took on just messed him up and so if you're a stunt performer and you're 35 and you've somehow made it like (laughs) you know like you get like jackie chan has broken like every bone in his body at least once or twice and well i mean that's an exaggeration but quite a lot from Vancouver, um, when I was working at the video store, I actually ran into a couple stunt workers who lived in town. Um, and like one of the guys was like the double for Will Smith in um, uh, iRobot and some stuff like that. And like, yeah, you watch the movie and you're like, oh yeah, that part where it makes you like cringe and recoil your body. That was a human being just doing <laughs> yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a human being actually falling down those stairs. Yeah. Uh, or like, uh, sorry, Chevy Chase. He was really good at all that physical comedy of just like falling over. But uh, yep. <laughs> but he got to this day, he's a mess just because he was the guy that was always throwing himself down the stairs and doing that physical comedy. So yeah, and as someone who used to do stuff like that in high school, the trick to that is to just do it and not care about the consequences later. Yeah, in life. yeah, that that's the key. I think that, I find that that's yep. really the that's the key. <laughs> but yeah. So. Um, Flynn here engages the ty- tried and true method of avoiding security of uh, my forehead really itches. So the guard walks up the <laughs> stairs as Dr. Laura Baines comes down the stairs, followed by Alan and Flynn, who does the most suspicious. I'm just running my hands through my hair. Nothing to see here. I'm not hiding my face. Whatever. Maneuver. That's yeah, good. He might as well have just done like that like full palm <laughs> up to the side of the face. Like, the f- I'm not looking. The, the full cartoon. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. You know, yeah, a Jedi mind trick would not have gone amiss in this situation. Yeah, for sure. Like just a little hand waving at the guard, that would have been pretty good. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's most suspicious to try to make sure they don't see your face. Like, just look at part of the wall. Just become real interested in some part of the yeah. wall. Yeah. Eyes spread, man. Eyes like, spread. Oh, what's that? What's uh, what's going on over there? That's yeah, you're supposed <laughs> to be here. Eyes spread. Like, and then Doctor Laura Baines uh, takes the situation head on, saying, "Hi." And the guard says, hi, working late? And she gives a, a gives a highly nervous and very suspicious, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Alan gives a nervous chuckle while Flynn keeps hiding his face like, I don't know, honestly, guard, just hit the alarm. Hit that alarm because these guys are clear and none of them have name tags. So, But uh, he recognizes them, so I guess that goes a long way. He actually knows who they are. Yeah, but I, I like to think that he went back to the break room and just like quietly to one of the other guys was like, hey, remember how I'm getting fired next week? <laughs> Anyways, there's like three people in here that shouldn't be. <laughs> just reading the book. I'm getting paid enough for this. There's, a, tackling no lady. There's, a, there's a straight up heist happening right now. Do you guys want to yeah. look on the security cams and check it out? Yeah. They watch Flynn go into the machine and like, oh, now we can't. That's on us. <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. Yes. We cannot. Uh, I saw nothing. 
Yeah, just quietly turns off the monitor <laughs> and everyone goes back to that. Did you guys see that technical malfunction there? Yeah, I sure did. Yep, yeah. sure did, Jake. Yeah. All right, back to business. Back to business. Do you have any sixes? Go fish. <laughs> uh, so they hit the bottom of the stairs and they split up so that Alan can go upstairs to his terminal while Flynn and Dr. Laura Baines go down to the laser bay so that Flynn can use her terminal. And she lays down the whole plan for both of yep. them. She pulls them aside and says, and you do this and you do this. Then uh, Flynn, for some reason, tells Alan not to fall asleep. He's like, whatever, whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Like this is a like a Nightmare on Elm Street yeah, movie. Well, or he something. assumes his life is so boring that he's like, if I were you, at any given moment, I would just conk out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I I, I don't know how you're awake right yeah. now. Now I'm a little out of order in my head on the minutes here. Um, has it already happened, or is it still about to happen? A very specific banner in Alan's uh, cubicle that it's uh it's okay. I, I won't bring that up. Then we'll save that for that. No. Yeah. That's that's in minute twenty eight. So I did talk about it so earlier. Close. I talked about it okay. earlier, but yeah, it's a sweet, I, uh, I it's may a have sweet, snuck sweet, that sweet, phrase sweet into minute. Transformers Forge to fight the other month. I sure hope I so. That phrase needs to be around yep. everywhere. Oh, Klaatu brought a Nikto Gosh. for those of you who don't. <laughs> Kla- well, that's yeah. what we're talking about. Just to let's let let the giant robot out of the bag. It's, it's yeah. Klaatu brought. Let, let's Nikto. address the gort in the room. <laughs> the gort in the room. Yeah, the gort in the. The doctor says I have gort. There's a cream for that. There's a cream for that. And there's a terrible Keanu Reeves movie for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with John Cleese in it. Yeah, it's, out of nowhere. We'll save that for 27. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, Flynn, Flynn for some reason. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My gosh, right? No kidding, right? Go deep on that in 28. So, so Flynn says for some reason to tell Alan not to fall asleep, saying that when he activates his Tron program, he's only going to have a few mi- few moments before Dillinger notices the break in security. So he rattles this line off really wonderfully. Another aspect of just how awesome Jeff Bridges is, like just flat out dashes, just sprints through this sentence. And then Alan says, okay, and then goes about his business, yep. which I find doesn't, doesn't even really react to being told not yeah. to fall asleep, which like Flynn, hotshot Flynn. I, I will say this whole uh, scene, I was distracted sweet. by how much I want to own Flynn's jacket. It's a it's sweet, a sweet, jacket. sweet jacket. It's, it's like straight eighties style of different colored sleeves and the torso. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a work of beauty. It kind of looks like what's his face? Teen Wolf. Uh, <laughs> Oh, not quite. No, the eight ball. Oh, jacket? yeah, yeah. That would be uh, Putty. Putty, Elaine's uh, yeah, boyfriend. The, the in ever like eight ball jacket. Ever lovely Putty. I had a jacket kind of like Flynn's jacket, except it was all black. Mm. So, so I guess I was going to say not so. Like uh, the one distinctive mark of Flynn's jacket. You've seen that. But besides that, I also have a yeah. jacket with sleeves. Thank you, Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's right yeah so as they leave uh alan just taking the hit of being told not to fall asleep dr laura baines mentions that as long as they stay off the top floor dillinger will never know they've been in here because there's no such thing as security cameras that we've already seen all over the mcp's desk and and again that get piped straight you think into whenever that door opens the mcp just like checks in like hey the biggest goddamn door in the world just opened <laughs> Like, that's literally weird. it's late literally at night. the heaviest door in the entire world just got opened against regulation yeah yeah which is kind of like that's also kind of like a metaphor there well, to be fair like, though he's like you know now he's, that i'm he's... thinking that out loud now that i'm getting the it up on its feet 
what happens next, it could be this whole time, MCP is very aware of what's happening. Very much so. Like, he could be saying, like, let's see how far this goes. Uh, what was that movie? Uh, somebody's trying to break into something. And it was, oh, Brainstorm. Mm. And the movie Brainstorm, which I absolutely love and highly recommend, Natalie Wood's last film, there's a bit where Christopher Walken is breaking into the uh, the facility where they keep all the brain recording tapes. And they twig to it. They notice that he's trying to break in, and and they let him. They're like, uh, "Let's uh, let's see, let's see how far he goes. Let's see what he's after." Yeah, you know. So they track his progress as he breaks in. So I think it's very, very possible that you're correct that the MCP is like, "Oh, I see this whole yeah. thing happening. Like, are you going to do see some? What, let's are you just here on. to do some corporate espionage stuff, or like, what are you, what are you up to? What's your plan here, champ? What you, what you, uh, what's, uh, what's, yeah. uh, what's going on? It, it's, what's going it, on? It'd be more apparent for him to instantly, right then, rally the guards and push them out. He would learn nothing. But if he lets them do what they're doing, he's like, "Hey, what are you up to?" <laughs> that's that's the headcanon for me now. Yeah. I think. Yeah, so this whole time he's, he's just fully... watching this. And he's also, at the same time, mocking Dillinger. So while he's watching them open that door and break in, he's like, hey, what if someone, I'm not saying who, but someone were just to point out everything you did to Flynn online? That'd be weird, right? Anyways, Flynn's downstairs. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, it goes downstairs. Uh, sort of reminds me of the movie Her. Yeah. Where he's like, Oh, how many other people are you talking to right now? And she's like, uh, 18,356. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, what? What? And that's the thing with AIs is they can multitask and they can do stuff in the background while having a conversation with you. That's yeah, so why that's they're our solid alien. We fixed that problem. That's not a problem anymore. And we, we, we fixed that there problem. That's no longer a problem. And script. it's called Flynn's Sneaky Walk. <laughs> yeah. Now, as a as a part, Alan says, "Good luck, hot shot to Flynn," and Flynn and Doctor Leia Baines walk sneakily through a sweet, brightly lit room of upright ancient computers from back in the day, magnetic disks and servers. Now, this is also shot at the Livermore Labs. They got a tour of there, and they saw the door, and they saw this room, and they're like, "Hey, we could use that door for the back door scene. We could use this room for the transition scene while they're walking through." And there's a there's a Cray supercomputer in there that goes past one of the big sort of washing machine looking computers. That's a Cray supercomputer, which was at the time the most powerful supercomputer in the world. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. And then um, and then Flynn does his hilarious his hilarious walk. Um, I used to work when I was right out of high school. I worked for an animation company, and we were setting up a, a clean room for the servers. Um, okay. And just knowing like now by. By clean room, do you mean like free of static electricity free of static or dust, interference? That kind of thing, or... like, like it's supposed to be like a room that, like, hey, we have our high end servers running in here. We want to try to make it as nice as possible, like super air conditioned, we... like that kind of like like a full on like, hey, this is a server room. It should be good. Um, a Faraday cage. Yeah. Um, and uh, construction tried to install some boards on the wall without catching any of the drywall. And oh. so it's just a room filled with drywall dust after, and we had to like basically pay a super cleaning crew to do it. And just imagine, knowing what goes into a film crew entering a server room, <laughs> like I cringe yeah. watching this. Of like, there's so much dirt on all of your bodies. <laughs> like, yeah, for sure. 
like the two cast members and one camera person. Yeah. That's it. That's well, it. Like in, but what about craft services outside? There it's is outside. the lore, and again, I don't know about the factualness, but the lore of the first computer bug was a physical bug entering a computer system. Yeah, I hope that's I true. Hope that's- because it would certainly explain. It makes sense, but like, I like the idea of just like, hey, like one small particle can super screw up a supercomputer, and y'all just sneaky walking through the place. Well, there was also talk of like, if some of the computers in the companies that were making the computer animation for this movie, they had very fragile computers because they were custom. That each <laughs> each. Each each of the companies, you know, Triple I and Magi, they all had their own unique custom computer that they had built from scratch to do what it was designed to do. So this was not something that they bought off the shelf, but it was also fragile. Mm-hmm. It was also like if you were dragging your feet yep. while you walked around and you touched it and gave it a static shock, that could be it for that computer. It could go, no. I'm out <laughs> and just just jump off the cliff and then that would be it for everything that was stored on it. So there was a bunch of, you know, prohibitive safety measures around all those computers yeah, again, to keep the them. The fact that in they're very, in these very... rooms filming is like, "Oh yeah, you shouldn't have been there. That's amazing." <laughs> yeah. It's really something else. It's amazing that they got let in there. But I don't know, like again, like this is the considering what happens yeah. in there. Like maybe this was the room full of computers that they didn't need anymore. Like this is this is the room full of computers that oh those. If if we break the Cray supercomputer, it doesn't matter. We have something from twenty years in the future upstairs that's doing most of our work. Like uh, you know, we have a nanotech soccer ball yeah. that's uh, that's doing everything. You know, handling all of our calculations. Upstairs, there's a glowing so skull maybe. that won't stop screaming but keeps getting our taxes yeah. right. So uh, we're fine. <laughs> Yeah. Did you say it's doing yeah. our taxes? <laughs> it just it screams oh, yeah, all day long, but like all of our tax reports have been coming back a hundred percent. So we just let it happen. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's just trying to communicate, but so far it hasn't formed words. It yeah. screams all yeah. day. Yeah, but it hasn't said anything intelligible. We're not sure what it means. Um but I mean like we to to be fair, like again, like comparing how I'm wa- how I watched this movie. Like these clips that you sent me, how I watched those to when they were made. Like I watched these on my smartphone and like yeah. the dream of that compared to the world that this Tron was made in, like seeing them go around these giant computer cabinets where it's like almost laughable now of like, oh yeah, yeah. that was your top technology in the whole country. He he he. It's like, no, it was. It's insane. These fridge-sized computers that ran on like 32 megs of RAM. Yeah. You know. And had like 200 megs of storage or like this, like this entire movie, the animation that was made for it was, was made for it on computers that had like 23 megs of RAM and like 300 megs of storage or something, which is just, it's just bonkers to even contemplate, like, especially these days when you've got these, like, you got these movies, every, like, as so much CG that's in like every single movie that comes out these days and the storage costs are exorbitant. Yeah. Like the processing power. So at this point, too, Flynn decides to play a uh, little hide and seeky. <laughs> Which, again, he's a funster. What a muddy funster. What a trickster. So he hides behind one of the uh, one of them playing a hilarious, a hilarious prank on Dr. Laura Baines. He's a funny guy. He's a 
that funny is, guy that plan he's a funny guy he's got um and i think this stands true for jeff bridges through the ages and to this day jeff bridges has got some real fun uncle energy he sure does <laughs> like that is the definition of everything he does it's like he seems like the kind of guy who has to be around kids every once in a while and can decide when he's done <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah well Baby needs a change in. Yeah, See you later. Yeah. That kind of energy yeah. was like, I can be fun and I can also not have to deal with any of this. See ya. I'm out. Yeah. Here for, here for the bit. There was a guy I did a podcast with a long time ago. A, a shout out to a Johnny Vancouver, John Cornucopia. He's a DJ over in China right now. He had an uncle who owned an ice cream van and a, ran a strip club. <laughs> Those are two separate businesses, right? <laughs> <laughs> like those are two like i think he found a way to sort of mix them occasionally but i was like what and he's like oh yeah 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 oh yeah he was your yeah. uncle though right and he's like oh oh okay i think he'd outfitted the ice cream van to live in it and he ran a, a strip club back east above a restaurant and he actually changed the laws and went to the city hall and changed the laws to make the strip club not be illegal <laughs> I was just like, wow, what, who, who was your uncle? What is this If guy? I was in the writing room, and, I would tell uh, them to tone that character down a bit. <laughs> <laughs> tone that character down. You can like, do nobody one of those two that. things. You can't strange. do both. <laughs> he lives in the ice cream truck or he runs a strip club above a like, grocery store. Those are the two. You can't be both guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the differences between the novel the, the guard recognizes Flynn's face. They go through a bit where he recognizes Flynn's face, but he hasn't seen him in a while. So he recognizes them all. So that makes sense. So that's why his alarms aren't triggered because he does actually recognize them all. This is facial recognition software is working. <laughs> and Flynn doesn't tell Alan to not fall asleep. Yeah, it's, it's he just pure, says, it's pure bridges. He, he just pure. He just says he'll log them both on, and then Alan can get Tron running. And it's mentioned that as they sneak through the computer rooms, quote-unquote, it says he tried his best covert entry gate, but it felt a little ludicrous in the well-lit computer rooms and quickly devolved into a sort of Groucho Marx burlesque of stealth, a mime burglar, yeah, see, which is, ex so which is was, exactly was what this looks like. Was the book written after the film, then? It's not just from the screenplay, right? I think... You know, that's a good question. Because that is... Because... Is it in the screenplay that this, he walks through it like an idiot? Because <laughs> it's really weird. No. The screenplay... Uh, let's see. Let's call that up. Yeah. The like, screenplay, he just... Let's see. The screenplay, he just... Uh, they just walk through. There's not much that happens there. They just they just get in and they walk through. Yeah. And for those of you who might not have refreshed this scene in their brain for a bit... Um, like pixicata violin strings should be going with every gate that Flynn is doing. Like that's what should be happening to this. It's that level of, and again, we have the time to call it out. And that's one of the magical things about a movie by the minute podcast is you can really hyper focus on how weird a couple seconds that was. Yeah, in the screenplay, it's like this is the three of them walk along a semi-darkened corridor. Laura says, I'm going to put you at my terminal. We'll be up in Alan's office. I'll log us both down. You can get your Tron thing running and as long as we stay off the top floor. And then we get POV security camera of a shot of three backs retreating down the corridor. I'm glad they didn't include security camera footage in the movie because that's like they're on the camera. Well, that could have been MCP. And then... Uh, 
Yeah, and then from the rotating security camera outside the elevator on the floor of the laser lab, we see Flynn's face peek out to see the camera and his head pulls back in. So they're already in the... Oh, it even says interior hallway and elevator POV of mm. MCP. So our theory was correct. So that's actually Our in, theory that MCP right. 100% is knowing what's going on. He's just watching. Oh, this screenplay says 100... 100 and, scene 107 to 111 got omitted. It just says 107 to 111 omit. Hmm. So maybe this was the sneaking through part that they didn't feel needed to be included. But now, yeah, but now we're already we're already into the uh, into the laser lab, and Flynn's by himself, and he's eating donuts. Oh, because he was a little kid, still had those donuts. Yeah. He still has the donuts from which the, actually it would have been van. funnier if they cut the van scene and then still had him just like magically producing donuts. Like what happened? I don't know. Found these, eating them. Like dude, come on. <laughs> what if he brought them into the into the game world with them? Maybe if they got transported in there, you're like you're a user. Prove it. They like, have a donut. <laughs> what are these? Oh my gosh! And then they just Star Trek it with Digital a show donuts. me more of this Earth thing called kissing, and they're good to go. <laughs> And they're good to go. Show me more of this earth thing called powdered donuts. <laughs> I I would be more interested in that. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, 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 me too. Fine. Candy canes, you say? This earth is like a magical place. I mean, it does. I do want to, again, say that this movie without Jeff Bridges is nothing. <laughs> like, he just, he has the most fun of anyone on screen. And you can really see it going through here. He, yeah, well, you can you can see he has the most fun. They talk, everybody talks about how on board he was, regardless of the abstract concepts represented in the film, and that's apparent too. He's just like, sounds great, let's do it, 100%. You know, like, I think him and Dillinger really elevate elevate the mm -hmm. film. And I think that everybody else does a very, a very admirable job. Like, I think Bruce Boxleitner, square-jawed Clark Kent, good looks, does a wonderful job. And I think Cindy Morgan is quite, quite good. I think she's better in the real world. Then, uh, then in the her, her program doesn't seem very quick inside the Tron world, but we'll, yeah, they we'll don't get give into her that a lot later. to work with in there. That's part of it too, but yeah, yeah. So it's a wonderful film, and I'm really glad to have you back for the door minutes and uh, this group of minutes. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we'll find another uh, another grouping that we'll uh, address sometime in the not too far future. Yeah, if you want to come back in for when they're actually inside. We're almost there. We're so very close. We're so so very close. We're just we're just just four just five minutes away from uh, from that transition. So that'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be a lot of fun. All right. Well, uh, tell us where can people find you if they want to hear more of you. Right. Fantastic. Uh, if you want to hear more from me, uh, you can find me on Instagram at Dork Zombie. That's D O R K. Z-O-M-B-I-E. If you want to hear me talk more about movies, there was a magnificent podcast made by Sneaky Zebra called The Do-Over. So if you look for Sneaky Zebra, The Do-Over, that we talked about movies on those. Uh, one of my favorite episodes, you can hear me talk all about Godzilla uh, from the from the recent first remake of Godzilla we did there. Not the, not the Matthew Broderick one, but the, the other one. Uh, that's yeah, a fun one. one if you want to hear me complain about a whole movie in one episode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and yeah, otherwise, if you're ever in Vancouver, British Columbia, and you're looking for some burlesque, look it up. It's a great scene, and you might see me on stage in something sparkly. Excellent. 
And if you want to get in touch with us, check out more at TorontoLogicallySpeaking.com. Drop us a line on Twitter at TorontoLogicallySpeaking. Join us on Facebook at the TorontoLogicallySpeaking Minute-by-Minute listeners page or send us an email at TorontoLogicallySpeaking at gmail.com. Go to Pond5 if you want to find some good music for your intro and outro needs or for your soundtrack needs. And a special thanks to the Star Wars Minute that started it all. If you go to MoviesByMinutes.com, you can see the Star Wars Minute and many others. I'm currently halfway through listening to the Caddyshack Minute. And I love the Fifth Ella Minute. And I also listen to the Flash Gordon Minute. There's all sorts of wonderful films up there that you will no doubt love to listen to. And if your favorite movie isn't there, consider diving in and doing a podcast for yourself, if that is your want. And that you know, I hear that, that Gordon's want. alive. <laughs> Who wants to live forever? Dive. <laughs> oh, Brian Blessed would have been a really big boon to this movie as the MCP. <laughs> <laughs> he would have made... I would like to see a deep fake of Brian Blessed playing every single role in the movie of Tron. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it, Internet. Get on it. Do you want to say uh, end of line on three? I do. All right. A a bittersweet end of line. Farewell. One, two, three. End End of line. Of line. (laughs) Yay.